0: We won't let them do more (laughs) in the event.
1: Welcome to Central Valley Politics Podcast. I'm your host Shannon Stevens. We're about to kick off our final segment for this fall 2017 Students Decide Candidate Forum Special Edition. It's been fun. Uh, in this last round, you're going to hear a couple of questions that are posed by the Democratic Party Club, well, by me on their behalf, as well as some students from the audience who had some questions for our candidates. You're also going to hear, if you hang in there, the closing statements from each candidate where they get to answer the tough question, why would you be the best person to take on Congressman Jeff Denham in next year's election? Enjoy. Thank you, STV, for coming up with a great question. Yeah. All
2: right, our next student question, and Terry, you're going to start us off on this one. As Democrats or Liberals, we all believe in equal rights for the LGBTQ community, which are under attack from Donald Trump. How will you ensure that this often targeted group is
3: protected? Well, seeing as I'm one of them, I have incentive to get behind it and protect it. But let's just ask the question of do we want to target any individual or do we want to treat other people like we want to be treated? How I would actually make our communities better is to actually stand behind them. And not just my own community, every other minority community. We need to stand together as one, whether you be African-American, Muslim, LGBT, and support each other. Because this is not something Congress or the president or anyone can do individually sure they can make bills and things that will help but we need to come together as a people and actually respect one another and hoist them on our shoulders to actually get ahead instead of falling behind like we are every single day thank you i oppose discrimination
4: in any form for any human being I uh, support public policy that protects all individuals and all families and regardless of race, gender, wealth, health, whatever status each person finds themselves in. I uh, agree with Tara that each person has to be the one to stand up and defend and advocate and change the, the society and some of the speech and the words that are coming, even out of Washington, D.C. It is despicable. It's of utmost importance that each person take on that responsibility to defend every person next to them or out in the community. Thank you. Thank you. Sir. at the risk of sounding like
5: an old person. Remember the good old days when we had Barack Obama in the White House? We need to return to that level of thinking in the White House and move beyond that. We need decent moral thinking in thinking which respects people, all the people. Every race, color, creed, every gender, we need that at the top. And until we get that back. Uh, even though Brock wasn't perfect. Until we get that back, we're running up against a tide here that is hateful. And I would like to work. My heart doesn't change that.
0: Well, with uh, Donald Trump and and Mike Pence in office, uh, days look pretty dark with regard to that issue. But actually, they really aren't. Because we know, because of everyone that's here tonight, We know that the the arc of our progressive ideals is towards justice, and I can tell you that I was here 10 or 12 years ago, running for the seat against George Ordonovich, and the the, the planted question was, how do you feel about gay marriage, and they wanted to try to nail me on that. Think about the progress that we've made since then. I mean, my kid's middle school has an
4: LGBTQ club, and I think that's fantastic. And so, the
5: thing to keep in mind, is that our progressive ideals,
0: they may seem to take a long, long time, but then they're all of a sudden, just like pushing on a wall, push on a wall, and all of a sudden, bang, it's over. And that's gonna happen before we know it.
6: I'm a Democrat, because I think everyone should be treated with dignity and with respect. When I look at what the Trump administration is doing, I see the exact opposite. I see Betsy DeVos has rescinded protections from trans kids uh, in our schools. Probably the biggest education problem we have is singling out trans kids for who they
5: are.
6: (laughs) Do you know, in 28 states today, you could be fired for being gay. In 30 states, you could be fired for being trans. Yeah, how would that feel if you could be fired just because of who you are or who you love? that's what i'm going to fight against i'm going to make sure that we create anti-discrimination platforms for every single american regardless of their identity and who they are
2: (laughs) Yeah. yeah it's an interesting question we all get labeled at some point in our life i've been labeled many a times but the one thing that I am very proud to be labeled as. Because I'm a proud American of this country. When I walk into a room, most people see a brown-skinned female. We have to start changing that mentality so that it's not about LGBTQ, it's not about Muslim, Latino, it's not about gay, it's not about, you know, your progressive but it's that we all come together and unite as one. We shouldn't have to be fighting for LGBT, the Q community. We should all be respectful that we are all Americans and that we are all proud Valley citizens fighting for each other. That's what I want to strive for. Thank you,
4: Virginia. (laughs)
7: <laughs> so, and, you know, I, I can't change people's perception of, of what they're sorry. I can't change what people see, and um, I don't think any of us really can. I can rely on my words and my actions, and hope that you know we can find common ground, which is a little bit of what they need in Washington, instead of doubling down on uh, failed policies. Um, I do want to say I do believe in our democratic institutions, and they need to be unleashed to be able to wield power to counter the governing class. The reason I say that is because it wasn't Obama who legalized same-sex marriage; it was the Supreme Court. A little bit ideologically different now, but it was the institution of the Supreme Court. Um, what I would support is reauthorizing a Equal Rights Amendment um, with the protected class for um, whatever the need would be, and um, a Voting Rights um, Act. And that's all I have for that. Thank you, um, you
8: know, as a nurse. Um, We never judge our patients because I see people as people. I care about people and I wanna go to Congress to uphold laws and policies of equality because that's what we are. We're human beings and we all have equal rights and I believe that we need to be a, a country of integrity, respect and tolerance because we are human beings, and I don't believe that we should be divided in this administration by different portions of the population. This is America. We are built on all of our values, and I am going to uphold them. Thank yes, you. Ma'am. Thank you. Very much. We've been excited about this. So,
2: students, if you have questions for the candidates,
3: can
2: you please line up over here? That would be super helpful. Line up and we'll, uh, we'll try to manage it as best we can. And just a quick question for you all before we start, because I know we're going a little bit later than we promised. Can you hang in for like 10 minutes of student questions? Yeah. Candidates, can you hang in for 10? All right. Awesome. Good <laughs> <laughs> light, you know, <laughs> right, so, um, so, we are very open to all kinds of questions, we well, want to hear what folks are saying, but we also want to have some civilized discourse, um, so those are the rules of engagement.
3: And
2: I'll pull
6: onto the mics. <laughs> uh, just like thank you guys for coming out, so if we can hear you, that's something our congressman doesn't do, so thank you very much. <laughs>
4: Um, as a California Democrat, I believe our nominee
6: should support the California Democratic Party in its platform. Do you support the party platform as it is right now? And is that question for everyone or someone in specific?
2: Everyone. All right. Let's see. Let me start down with you, Mike.
5: Um, I find that the California Democratic Party platform is a bit conservative. So as far as it goes, yes. But I would like to see some uh, amendments to it. Yes. Excellent.
6: Yeah, I think not only do we need to support the platform, we also need to build an infrastructure on the ground that's gonna support Democratic candidates at all levels. And that's what I'm gonna try to do with the bill here.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Given that we should also be very cognizant and strongly, strongly support us here in the Valley.
7: Simple answer, yes. Um, June, or I think it's May 2018, it's gonna be changed, I believe.
8: So interesting question because you know single payers are on our platform. So yes, I I wholeheartedly support our platform, and we should also ban fracking now.
3: Yes, ish. <laughs> the reason I'm an independent is because I do not adhere to party politics. I'm would rather be the voice of the people, everyone in this room, not just one particular party on one particular set of issues. So I do lean towards the democratic side things, but I'd like to look at it issue by issue and hear everyone's voices. I've been a lifelong
4: uh, Democrat. I believe I would have to look at it more closely, especially if it is changing. I uh, do agree with us today. Thanks,
6: everybody. Uh, 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 this question is for uh, Mr. Arter. Um, what is your stance on uh, sanctuary cities? <laughs> yeah, I think we need an, uh, uh, an immigration policy that allows cities to do what's best for them, right? So if you actually look at the history of what's happened with sanctuary cities, it's actually created by a Republican. Uh, um, sheriff in Los Angeles County. And he created this, uh, this idea, for those of us that don't really know, the idea of sanctuary cities is essentially that um, police departments uh, don't coordinate with, with us, right? So it does not create fear in immigrant communities where individuals who um, are afraid to go to the police because they think that their uh, immigration status uh, might, be, might be questioned. And I think what we need to do is allow police departments to make that choice for themselves. Um, police departments are the uh, best actual uh, deciders for what they need to do to keep their cities safe.
2: Thanks. And we want to make sure that other candidates have an opportunity to, to answer this question. So um, if you would like to, we can start. Uh, well, why don't we don't to start on this end of this time, Stu. Uh, regarding sector cities, I know that there are many counties
4: and law enforcement agencies supported much for the, reason of the reasons that uh, Josh just explained. In our school district, uh, as soon as President Trump was elected, there was a lot of fear among students, and we were seeing chronic absenteeism because the children were afraid to be there in the school. We feared that someone would come into the school and take them away. So we were proactive in our district and I got the word out to the parents that that would not happen, that there are laws in place that protect the children. and uh, It didn't have to go any further than that. We were able to alleviate that fear. However, it does, Sanctuary State does, I believe, prevent a lot of
2: that fear. Thanks, Sue. Just so you all know, I I shortened the time a little to about 45 seconds, so we can do 30 to 45 so we can hear from everybody and our students. Thanks. I think we shouldn't have
3: sanctuary cities. Let's have a sanctuary country. Let's make it so no matter where you are, you're not afraid to go to the police because there's too many times domestic abuse other situations, that immigrants do not talk to the police at all and are in horrible situations because they're too afraid to do anything.
8: So I agree with Tara. It's it's sad that we actually have to go this route, that we should have tolerance and respect and integrity as a nation, that we're not dividing. Um, but yes, we've gone too far. We do not need um, to have, uh, we need the protections to make sure that we have safe communities and that all people can, can uh, walk in their communities in a safe manner and not fear uh, deportation or harassment or intimidation. So yes, this is a time that our nation should be pulling together, that we stand on principle and value as a human race.
7: So, so these are the quick facts. There's no legal framework for sanctuary cities. There is legal flame framework and laws being passed now on the local county and state level where those agencies will not use resources to help ICE do its job. If ICE has a job to do, let ICE do it, we're not gonna use local, county, and state funds to do that. I've been on the two particular job sites where we have ICE pull up. I'm not gonna go into details on what's done afterwards, but it's very real, and I, like, again, there's no legal framework for sanctuary cities, but I support bills that would keep from using funds to do someone else's job.
2: As somebody who had to challenge our county sheriff for the highest number of ice holes and deportations, not just in the Valley, not just in the state of California, but in this entire country, I can tell you that I am all for protecting immigrant rights. I am all for protecting those families who are working, who are struggling here, who are trying to just make it. It's called survival but I also stand very firm that anybody who commits a felony absolutely should face the consequences, and that means deportation. The, the question of Sanctuary Cities is just a smaller issue. It's really just kind of a red herring about in immigration policy. The fact is, we need a fair, and ethical, a and moral immigration policy. And we won't have that as long as we have Jeff Denham in office and Trump in the presidency. What Dara said. All right, thanks everyone. All right, um, and I forgot to say before if there's someone who's not able to line up, um, please just toss up your hand and I will come and find you, okay? All right, on to. So, um, my
4: question is for
5: everyone.
7: So, my uh, question is if you guys are elected, will you support Nancy Pelosi for Speaker of the House? I'm going to go random. or is that a few Oh, no,
2: Mike
5: has his hand up. Go, Mike. Nancy Pelosi has done more for the people of this country than the entire Republican contingency in Washington. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Here, here's the fact: is that Nancy Pelosi delivered healthcare to 24 million Americans. Paul Ryan's taking it away. So that that, you know, that, that answer is clear. Do you want healthcare or not?
6: I think we need an administration at all levels that's actually going to fight for the rights that Americans have, and that's healthcare, that's immigration, and that's what I see happening right now in D.C. Is I see our Democratic leadership doing a hell of a lot better job, um, actually pushing for the priorities that are relevant right here in this environment. It's
2: interesting, and I'm, I'm glad you're asking that question. There's no question that I will support anybody and everyone who has fought for us, who has fought for our many rights, and that woman has actually fought for the many rights that I'm benefiting from right now.
7: So um, so I don't tie myself into uh, making a promise that I either can, won't, or for whatever reason, if it has to change. I would support a competitive speaker's race. I'm very grateful for everything that people have done in the past. Um, I believe we need a little bit of a change in Congress. Um, but I support having an equal amount of strong men and women at the table, reflective of their community. Um, yeah, that's how I feel about that.
8: You know, as a proud Democrat, I am going to stand with whatever it takes to get Denham out of office. Thank you.
3: I would also look at the race. I want to support the strongest candidate. And if that is Pelosi, I will definitely get behind her. But if there's another candidate that actually has a strong record, I would go for them.
4: Thank you for your question. I was at a recent event, and Nancy Pelosi's daughter was there, and she said, my mother is the target, the easiest target for Republicans. So it's very interesting that that question would come up this evening, is if her name somehow is representing something that's not strong, and and viable i would look at what she supports and and support her right along with her policies if that's what's the best for the american people thank you
2: our fabulous fabulous democratic club has changed the rules just a little bit so um as these questions go down, it will be two candidates. So, first will be Michael TJ, then Josh, okay? So, so we can get through more folks. Go for it. All right. Okay. My mic might be dead, yeah, so talk loud. I guess I can change my question at this
6: point. So, uh, Mr. Cox, you're making sure in your campaign uh, that you stated was healthcare, correct? And that goes for most of it at this point. Why do you believe healthcare should be provided to people by government rather than stand as a free market in America? Why would a free market uh,
5: not be beneficial to America rather than be provided to the government? Uh, both of you well, Medicare has a pretty decent overhead rate and if you don't mind paying huge profits to health insurance companies, then by all means support that aspect. But we need that money. For people's health care. And we also need to tamp down on the exorbitant prescription drug prices. And you can't do that with the health insurance companies because they don't care. It,
0: it's, it, it's really, it's, uh, when, you, when you talk about a single payer system or a Medicare for all system or Medicaid, <coughs> what you're talking about doing like, is you're talking about cutting out about 30% of the health care bill out. And so for your people that are working, do you want to pay $12,000, have that taken out of your check? Or do you want to uh, pay $6,000 and we get a $6,000 raise? The best thing that we can do for our country is to have care for all. We, it's the best thing we can do socially. It's the best thing we can do economically. And that's just not me saying that. That's the top businessman in America. Warren Buffett says the number one thing that we can do to improve our competitiveness, if you truly believe in business, is to take care of our care issues. So that's what it should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all
2: right. Um, I just have a question for Harder. Um, will you be accepting money from the DC? Yeah.
6: Yeah. So so far in this campaign, every single dollar we've raised has come from an individual, an actual human being. What I I think.
5: The reason for that is that the Citizens United Supreme Court decision was the
6: worst Supreme Court decision to come down in my lifetime. What it did is it brought unmitigated corporate money uh, into our election system, and we see the results of that every single day. Um, And the pledge I've taken is to not accept a single dollar of corporate PAC money. If you look at Jeff Denham, 70% of the money he raises comes from corporate PACs and special interests. Is it a surprise that he's more interested in what they think than what we think? Right, that's where the money comes from. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna make sure, we may accept you know, interest group money and people that are aligned with us, we will not accept a single dollar of corporate PAC money. That is my pledge. So I guess in relation to
2: that, I can tell you that 90% of the money that I have raised so far has all been from this district. They're coming with $5, $20, and God bless my mother and my father, who both pledged or came in with $100 each. These are 83 and 80-year-old, on fixed income, income, senior citizens. And when I remember, when I first joined this race, they said, remember where these $100 come from. And I don't forget because that's exactly how I intend to run this campaign. It's for the people.
6: Yeah. All right, so our next one, Matteo, and right, so I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. In the early 90s, they went through this process called gentrification. And we were basically wiped out and kicked out. It mainly targeted black and white communities, and we were just kicked out, like we were scourging our community. At the same time, the prices went up, and everybody else got to benefit, out it. benefit from it, like the tech industry. So, I was wondering how you would confront overpricing in housing and uh, the gentrification process.
7: So, there are some candidates like, like, that like to um, talk about rent control. It's more applicable, I would think, in bigger cities. Um, San Jose, San Francisco, Bay uh, Area, cities like that, you're seeing the tech community, not to just take your words, but they are basically displacing people because other people cannot keep up with the cost of living there. But they're good enough to work the cafeteria and cleaning jobs at those companies right? <laughs> that uh, produce that type of wealth. Um, really, it comes down to the decisions made by a very small number of individuals in companies, the board of directors who decide how to spend the money, how to reward, how, what, what, what values are rewarded in society. Um, I kind of mentioned it earlier. The only way to basically make sure that people have a, a pathway to, to live a, a decent life is one way or another to have a place to sleep, eat, rest your head at night, shower, and shave. Um, basically, we policies that would encourage affordable housing.
8: know we're seeing this happen right now in San Francisco and a lot of the Bay Area cities we're seeing the gentrification it's moving this way because it's pushing people out of those communities and trying to find more affordable homes we are now finding that in our own small communities that people in our own towns now can't afford to live in the places they grew up and are being pushed out so a lot of this has to be focusing on regulation. We don't have rent control in the Bay Area. I'm a renter, I feel their pain. I, I see what's happening. We need to have controls in place that allow everyone to be able to have the opportunity to buy a home, to live in their community, to be able to afford what, what, um, what programs they can. I'm sorry, I'm just out of time. <laughs> but yes, I see this and I am for programs that address that.
2: time for one more question and don't worry the candidates are going to be around um, so it's going to to Tennessee so uh, my question is about birth control how would you to uh, be
4: able to help uh, like get better accessibility for birth control because birth control has been
3: put to help medically not just for preventing pregnancy birth control is a medical necessity period we need to support it in our hospitals we need to support Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. We need to support birth control in every way, shape, and form because it's proven, like you said, to be better for health, better for people's choices. It's just overall a no-brainer situation. Let's look at the facts and not our feelings about what we think people in our community should be doing.
4: Birth control, these are deeply personal decisions again. Uh, it affects every aspect of our economy, our education, our health care. And uh, as you said, birth control is uh, used for many different health reasons, not just the most obvious ones. Thank you. <clears throat> it's very hard to have this I agree, I'm not
2: too late. I keep talking to you all all night long. Um, I'm gonna hand it over to the president of the Democratic Club again, and thank you, our last formally uh, prepared student question, and and obviously we're gonna start off with you soon. So here it is. Our district is suffering under the extreme neglect of our Congressman Jeff Denham. We have been lied to, denied access to our Congressman, and have had deportations and loss of health care looming over us for years. How will you succeed where others have failed in unseating Denham? Basically, how will you win? Well, well, well. Guess what Congressman Denham did
4: today? He voted to support President Trump and his support against us in CD10 with the current proposed tax policy. Just as we're talking this evening about all the people who are struggling to afford health care, and cases of education, as are these students here tonight. I believe, with my deep roots in this valley, in Modesto, in the CD10 area, that I have lived and advocated for the people my entire life, that my grandparents lived in, and the soil and the air and the water, all the issues that are important to us and help our economy thrive, will make me the best candidate to defeat Congressman Jim Denham.
5: Thank you. Thank you, sir. That's a toughie. Um, Denham has more money than God for some reason. Uh, he's got the farmers fooled and I think he's working for them. Of course, he's voted to uh, decimate their workforce he hasn't supported their needs for water. And both of those are on my platform. Um, one of the things I have done personally, since I found that the uh, traditional funding sources were not there for me in 2011, is I've been knocking on doors. I have knocked on the doors of more than 141,000 registered Democrats, Independents, Green, and decent and Freedom voters. And Every time one of them says to me, my vote doesn't matter, I tell them, your vote matters to me. Um, All of you, I can't beat them alone, but you can, every one of you. If you vote, make your friends vote, make their friends vote. We have switched pluralities in this district over the last two years. The Democrats are now leading. For a while there, after following the recession, One out of every six Democratic households was empty when I knocked on their door. Now we're back. We need to do this. We need to do it together. Thanks, Mike. We're we're going to win because we're right. And the reason why I can win is that out of all the candidates
0: up here in a district that's 50%, when 50% of us are on Medi-Cal, I've been building medical clinics. He's been voting to shut them down. And so when the commercial comes up with a young mom with her crying baby and she comes up to a door that's changed shut because he's voted to shut down, I'm the guy that's been building those. I've been mean, creating jobs, clean energy plants, job training facilities, homeless shelters, affordable housing, all of the things that are important to the people of the district, I've been delivering on. I've got a proven track record that will fly right into his face. So we've got what it takes and we'll do it.
6: Look, a successful candidate against Jeff Denham needs three things. One, we need local roots. I'm a fifth generation local, grew up right here. Um, We gotta make sure we have somebody who actually understands this district and knows it well and knows its challenges. Second, we need someone that has a deep vision and empathy for what this district needs: Medicare for all, comprehensive immigration reform, and a jobs policy that solves our unemployment and education crisis here. And third, we need somebody that actually has Uh, the resources and the capabilities to take down someone who's been a pretty tough in I'm fortunate enough to say that so far, my campaign has raised three times more than any Democratic challenger in
4: this district has ever raised in history. We're doing house parties all across the district, every single day.
6: We're making sure that we're building a grassroots infrastructure that's gonna be successful, because ultimately it's gonna come from folks in this room who are putting in a little bit of elbow grease are making results happen
2: Thanks, John. it is going to be a tough race and this race is not going to be won by all of us fighting it has to be all of us coming together as a lifelong resident of this incredible valley I born and raised here in Modesto, in Stanislaus County, having gone to school here in Turlock, Riverbank, I have the connection to the community as a former mayor, former council member, who has actually proven herself and has actually worked on behalf of the residents, not on behalf of myself. I can tell you that I have the connections here in this community to make it happen. The resources. Yes, they're needed. And I'm going to tell you, if I get just one more chance, I'm going to basically show the community what this campaign can do by bringing us all together. Thank you very much. Thank you.
7: So uh, I'm not going to say that there's some kind of secret super recipe to, to beat Denim. Anybody telling me there is? I don't know what game they've been playing nationally in the last 10 years Democrats have lost nearly a thousand legislative seats because the national arm is a quadrennial presidential fundraiser and the state party espouses nothing but fear and focuses on symptoms rather than root causes except to our local center committees, ADEMs, clubs and constituents just like people that came out today to direct the district with common-sense approaches to root causes of the issues. I'm the only candidate with experience providing effective results, securing real dollars, benefits, and medals for constituents. I wasn't allowed to play politics. I spent my career in construction and public service where I was told, this is the job, get the job done. Your job depends on it, just like most workers here. That's that's what I bring to the table, is a public servant mentality and someone who knows how to get the job done and will do everything I can for you. Thank
8: you. that's sitting up here that is actually a people's candidate. I have pledged not to take any corporate money, so I am taking (laughs) individual donations. That's what's powering my campaign, grassroots individual donations, over 1,500 donations currently, and growing every day. Because what I sit up here and am going to represent are you, my constituents. I am here to represent your issues, because your issues will be my issues. And I'm going to Washington to be your voice, powered on you. I am a grassroots candidate that believes to walk the walk. So if I say I am not taking corporate money, I am not. I am taking your money, (laughs) individual (laughs) money. And that's what I believe in. Our system has to change. And I am going to show it can. And it will work. Because I'm going to be there for you.
3: There is only one secret weapon that we all have that's not so secret to actually win this thing. I'm looking at them right now. It's less about us. Any one of us would be a choice that's a million times better than general. But look at all the candidates. You have a bunch of options. You have varying views. Find the candidate that fits your views, who thinks will support you the most. Because we can stand up here all day giving you lip service about how we're the best. But you know what as soon as you find out who we are and you decide who you want to stand behind put your support there put your dollars there go out and knock knock on doors get every single one everyone you know to vote because you are the change not us all of you Great job sticking to the one minute, right?
1: Thanks, candidates. And that wraps up our last podcast for this special edition Students Decide, candidate forum brought to you from the Democratic Party Club here at Stan State. I want to give a special shout out to President Jason Serang. And Vice President Adam Weber, who did an amazing job bringing this event together, along with all of the volunteers from their club, their advisor, the support of the Democrats in town, all kinds of fabulous people helped to make this forum possible. And it was really neat to have it here on our campus where students could really see the early stages of decision making uh, and what it means to be involved in politics. I also want to thank Austin Montaro-Moore, my producer, for his incredible patience and willingness to edit this down so that you all could hear it in four cool clumps. All right, this is Shannon Stevens signing off for Central Valley Politics. We will see you soon.